crazy part is that I'm the TikTok editing. I still haven't like completely mastered yet. It is. So if you do wet people and like just like react to something else, which it worked today, it worked today. Um, you have to have you have to like put in plug in your headphones. But if you use like Bluetooth headphones, it doesn't use the Bluetooth headphone microphone. It uses the phone microphone. And then if you don't and just use it like your phone normally, um, then you get like this weird double audio thing because it's picking up the microphones, picking up the audio from the speaker and your voice. And like no other no other application really has that problem. Um so I'm like, I don't know what TikTok's doing or if they just never figured that out yet, but it is very annoying. And I'm like, oh, shoot, I have to plug in my headphones. I have to click the microphone button in the video because it doesn't default to having it on. It's so weird. Hmm. Maybe it's a setting somewhere and I just, I'm just stupid and I haven't figured it out. But well, um, that's what my, my might, TikTok you, fame isn't under yet. I mean, you could be dumb, but it also just could be bad. Um they both can be true, yes, not mutually exclusive. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know anything about, you know, TikTok, unfortunately, so I'm not necessarily helpful here. Um, well, I mean, it's... I've noticed that, like, it, there there are much fewer, like, dancing videos now. Like, even the stuff that goes viral now, like, it, not a lot of it is, like, the dancing stuff, unless it's, like, funny or unique in some way. Mm. Well, I mean, Christine has curated such an odd algorithm of tiktok for for that's how i you know i consume tiktok only through christine uh whilst we are either bored on the couch or bored uh like waiting to be sleepy enough to go to sleep yeah so really all i see on tiktok is like some cooking stuff um just like children falling or doing dumb stuff like uh <laughs> last night very funny one was this little girl dressed as a doctor like pre- and her mom is pretending to be a patient and like the little girl has like a doctor's coat and like a stethoscope and comes in and like does like a doctor checkup and it was hilarious uh because she was being very serious and also very adorable um <laughs> so like we get that kind of stuff um you know, the thing that we would probably call like, like, uh, like bloops and poops is what we call a lot of just like random funniness. Uh, and then yeah. we just like very odd things. Like one of the things that made me laugh the most yesterday on TikTok was just a guy that like screamed, then threw a water bottle, hit his camera. That was the end of the TikTok. I was like, that was very funny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Things like that is mostly what gets me on on the talk. Um, so I'm I'm like very lowbrow when it comes to TikTok. <laughs> like <laughs> Hank Green, get him out of my face. Go. Oh man, I love Hank Green. Out of man. my face. He talks. It's it's. Uh, yeah, we've, he's, we've he's so tiring. Time. I know. I know. He just continues to tire me every time I think about him. Uh. Anywho, he stays out of the way, Danny. I'm glad that you're shouldering the brand, um, much like, you know, the Lord recently has risen. Um, so has Papa blessed so us has with Papa blessed. more yeah. traffic on our site. And, um, you know, if you're a TikTok fan of, of the DMGT or, yeah. you know, I mean, there's something to say where, uh, you know, DM is Danny Martinez and GT is uh, good to go. Um, you know, Danny <laughs> Martinez is good to go on TikTok, And if you're listening because of him and you realize there's this other part of it, um, yeah, very small part. Um, and I'm, I'm sorry to take away from, from the star. No, welcome listen. to the DMGT podcast. Welcome to the, the DMGT podcast. <laughs> I've been introduced, I guess. So I, I am host number one. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yep. And, and I'm Spencer, uh, Kavakovich and, uh, I, if you've listened to us for a while, I got I got off of social media right right around the time Danny really started crushing the TikToks uh, for yeah, our brand. Yeah. Unfortunately, and um, <laughs> you know it it would be you know I would say it would be rude for him to try to get me back on social media because I was doing it for my overall well being, and he wouldn't do that to me. But I do need to help him more, and and here is me 
publicly admitting I'm the slacker of mm, this duo. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> and, and and somehow guilting me into not doing a thing before I even do it, which is convincing you to get back well, on social media, which I won't well, do. I won't do that. I mean, I would have the DMGT on my phone, but the problem is I'll put that on my phone and then I'll have TikTok on my phone. Yeah. Yep, you know, yep. and that's going to be a slippery slope. Um, that's going to be a slippery slope. Now, one now, place I still do stuff is Twitter, and maybe I could help you with that's Twitter. That's true. I, I, Twitter. Sorry, I don't. I don't do stuff on Twitter. Sorry, you just I consume it. I see you I, lurking I, sometimes. I, I open Twitter like once a month, and uh, usually I just like stuff that that you've posted or friends <laughs> have posted. Um, that yeah. is days and days old, and probably it's just like, what's going on? What's wrong with Spencer? Why is he liking it? A ton tweet of from tweets. eight days yeah. ago. Yeah, uh, you know, it's because well, I care. Chris, Christine's got a great Twitter. I know, I know. She underrated Twitter. This is the third Twitter that she's had um, because she deletes her Twitter after ten thousand tweets. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically, ten thousand. Mm-hmm. So okay. this is her third Twitter um, that she's had in the last couple. Like honestly, only the last couple years. Like so, she she goes okay. for it. Okay. I don't know if she still does that particular system but yeah there's several twitters um well she, she actually to, has a couple a couple secret twitters uh, actually as well i can't see if uh how many tweets have been sent is that a, that only shows it to you in your profile right it i might have be no idea i don't know again i'm not a super my social media guy i'm one of those cool people that's above it <laughs> cool is one way to put it i guess yeah it's kind of um <laughs> It's like I'm an internet vegan, you know? Uh, Gross. Ugh. Yuck. Uh, get off the podcast. I'm, I'm going to get you off the podcast. I, yeah, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I might, maybe I get back on him, but I really don't want to. No, yet. no, no. It's, it's fine. Listen, I do think there, there are social medias that you should cut off at the very least everyone should cut off one primary one that they're used to um i cut off facebook a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and don't miss it one bit not at all um i will never come back to facebook um as myself at least um instagram i barely even use even for the dmgt i'm like listen the engagement and and the uh, exposure on tiktok is just so much better than it is on Instagram mm-hmm. that like most of my attention, even for, for this well, is on TikTok. It's kind of like the, you know, like social media and social media aging is, is really a weird little thing where it's like Facebook is now only for old people. Yep. Like if you're still <clears throat> yep. posting on Facebook and you're under like legitimately under 50, you're a loser. <laughs> like, I don't know how else to think about it. Like yeah. if you're posting like status updates on Facebook at this, at this stage in the game, Yikes. like don't Facebook is, is for people 50 plus. That's just what it is. Like, yeah. And like, it's basically the new Yelp too, like for mm-hmm. businesses, like that's where you and go the, for reviews and stuff. Yeah. That's and then Instagram, Instagram, sorry, 30 to 40. That's what Instagram is for. It's for losers. 30 to 40. Well, Instagram, uh, no, this isn't my original idea. I saw a couple of people on TikTok say this, but I agree with it. Um, if I remembered their names, I would have given them due credit. But just so you, for the record, this isn't my idea or my thought. Uh, but I agree with it that Instagram, especially like the influencer, like whole persona thing where everything's yeah. like perfectly curated and like a perfect Instagram profile page and the color scheme and all that, the aesthetic is like lost its its popularity especially over the last year because people just want more raw real shit yeah. to look at yeah which kind of explains a lot of the tiktok stuff where it's like yeah i'm not like doing my hair or like cleaning up real nice i'm like now some of that does exist for sure but like yeah. someone raw can can like show up and and grow an audience basically yeah yeah i mean it's it's also like uh TikTok is more so where it seems younger people are gravitating towards. Yeah, yeah. Um and like Well the, that's the kids why still it's use Snapchat. Funnier. It's crazy. I know that that is interesting. Like my 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 little brother who's only like five years younger than me, like still does Snapchat and like his whole group of folks still do Snapchat. And I was like, man, we I don't know if it was like millennials totally missed it. Like not totally missed it. He's still a millennial. I don't know if like 
my age bracket. Like we, yeah. I know people that were on it for like a little bit, but then everybody yep. just kind of <coughs> quietly stopped posting. But it seems like if you're just a little bit younger than us, it's still a vital part of the world. Well, like it's not always, but I, I will still get like Gen Z TikTok stuff. And some of it is very funny, but like sometimes, sometimes it'll be just like uh, someone having a conversation with like funny sounds back and forth on Snapchat. So like they're, they're still using it, which is very interesting considering like they kind of, I guess not revive themselves, but like just found a better audience, a better suited audience. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, TikTok is really getting to that perfect point of like it like is some of it's like almost just reposting vines, but then some of it is almost forging a new path forward for the good parts of vine. Yeah. Um, and I think TikTok maybe does a little bit better at like modding like the parts of vine is that's why vine started to go yeah. away. Or they're better at like not showing you that stuff if it knows. It, it, I guess it's just better at the data portion, so it knows. Yeah, maybe it shouldn't serve you like questionable stuff. But that was like part of the downfall of Vine, and we should have Kyle and Eho on to talk about Vine again. Yeah, um, come back was, on, Kyle. He was like a, a like a Vine historian, and on, honestly, like Christine and Kyle, we should have a Vine remembering Vine Ooh, pod episode. I like it. Yeah, um, because Kyle. I remember distinctly a conversation we had like ride as vine kind of ended and I hadn't really like gone outside of my vine scope of like who I had already followed and like, you know, I was pretty specified at that time, but he was like, oh yeah, like vine got super racist at the end where like a lot of like white viners were like kind of taking like super hardcore appropriating cultures in Mm. like uh, not okay ways (laughs) like doing like you know not not like doing i mean sure there was probably blackface and stuff but like kind of trying to take over like language and ways of speaking and like trying to equate white people to to like black culture in ways that felt wrong and was wrong um and he was like yeah it's bad it's bad it's it it was it had to go (laughs) like it unfortunately had to go um, yeah, I mean, most of I actually completely missed the uh, divine thing. Well, completely in the sense that I never actually like downloaded the app. Mm-hmm. I might have downloaded the app, but I never made an account. I never followed any people. Uh, most of my Vine consumption came through Vine compilations on YouTube. A classic. Yeah. One of the I mean, at this stage in the game, still, I still throw those up when I got nothing else. They're so going good. On. They're so and, like, good. There's a very interesting thing about Vine compilations on YouTube. Um, if you try to watch a second one after one successful Vine compilation, that does not exist. YouTube hides them all and will only serve you the trashiest <coughs> compilation of all time. Um, but I mean, Vine still has one of, I think, the funniest things that's ever been filmed, which is the child running around the above ground swimming pool and the mom's like, what do you have? And then it zooms in weirdly on him and he's just like running. He's like a knife and he has a (laughs) sharp knife in his hand and he's just sprinting around. So funny. Um, there was a TikTok where, Oh man. Uh, I think they overlaid it, but instead it was a dog that had a knife in its mouth. Just as funny. Uh, (laughs) things having knives that shouldn't have knives is hilarious. (laughs) I do love that that sometimes like the original creators of some of those vines like just randomly will join TikTok and then it'll like blow up because they recreate it in some funny way. Yeah. Um, or someone else just like you're watching a complete the ones that the ones that I fall for big time on TikTok and like every time I know it's coming, but I fall for it still where it's like uh, whatever subject matter like someone's like, I don't know, role playing some character or persona or like, oh. I went, started the day this, and then this, got my coffee, blah, 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 blah. And then it just cuts to like a vine or something Mm -hmm. completely just out of left field. I love those. Those are so good. Yeah. I mean, you know, comedy is just uh, setting up something and then making something unexpected happen. That's that's really all any jokes are. (laughs) Like that's just, and it's just like when it hits right on a TikTok or, or in Vine, it's like, it's one of those things that can always like make you laugh because yep. it's pure 
like it's comedy without like even trying to be anything other than the joke sometimes. Yeah. And it's, it's a lot of fun. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I don't appreciate like 99% of talking head TikTok though. Um, like I need a little bit of dumb stuff in my talks. I like, have some bad news about our D our, our TikTok account, Spencer. <laughs> uh, no, I've watched, but like what I, what I'm saying about the talking head stuff is like, uh, more when it is engaging in like telling you something's you're wrong or right about something. Oh yeah. Like I don't like those. I'm also not, I don't know. I think there is the undercurrent of like therapy. TikTok. I think worries me a little bit. Um, it is a little odd. Yeah. Because I'm like, I don't know if you're really that thing that you say, because there's really no, you know, you could lie. Uh, well, a lot of them have been getting called out lately. And like oh, now, that's good. now there are entire like it's so meta because like now entire accounts exist to basically debunk just like nonsense TikToks for either psychology TikTok or like random science facts mm. or like things that just seem suspicious. Um, which is very funny because I don't know if that content exists elsewhere without like, well, all this bullshit TikTok content needed to exist first. And then someone debunking TikTok trends specifically, which is. Yeah. I mean, sometimes so the for, crazy. sometimes it's like the third or fourth layer of those types of things is where the true gold lives you know <laughs> yeah yeah the way where the the stuff that that like is referencing a trend but like has its spin on it mm. and yeah that that addition those additional layers that's that's the good stuff because then like yeah. you still have to be informed enough on tiktok trends to like understand the like the premise the meta-ness and yeah yeah, yeah it's i I, always, I was i think i was saying we were like watching and it was like an exceedingly weird batch of stuff and I was like, are, are we all like just people alive right now? The weirdest version of humans that have existed. Maybe like it, in ways I think, yes. And then I was thinking like in like the seventies, you know, like how could you get your comedy out there? It's like, Oh, you had to like invest time. Like, you know, you're like, you're yeah. like writing a column and hoping the newspaper picks it up. Uh, you're, you're doing like legitimate comedy and alt comedy on stages where now it's like yeah i mean we still can do all that right but we've gone down such a rabbit hole because there's so many people just trying to be fun that the things that exist now are just like truly it's like i don't know we're just in a it's it's very absurd and i think that's also like a reaction to the world yeah like yeah. um like the mumblecore comedy of like the early 2000s and um the nineties of like, just like very traditional quote unquote comedy stuff has just really given way to, we're, we're just in a very absurd, I think part of history, um, where it seems like everything that you thought could never happen has and will continue yeah, to, yeah. that it just is a fun time to like be a, you know, comedian, com comedy historian, so to speak, like, uh, to just see like what it takes to make us laugh simultaneously with also how at the same time, how low effort those things can be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just the accessibility to, to information. And because of that, that's, that's what makes it so easy. I think, I think as a person who has done zero research on this, just the access to information and how quickly you can get information, has made that low effort, not the, I don't want to call it low effort, but sometimes it is, um, yeah. just like really work. Yeah. I mean, it's only a couple of years ago that people were like, Hey, this thing happened. You shouldn't make a joke about it yet. And now it's like, okay, we're making a joke about it as it's happening, yep. whatever it is. Yep. It's like, we didn't, we're not like, like Twitter was going crazy with memes about like the insurrection at the Capitol before like the insurrection was over. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I remember <laughs> <laughs> like, like we're already like, oh, it's yeah. just so wild, like how quickly. And there used to be a thing where it's like, Hey, you can't make fun of that yet. It's like, we can make fun of everything all the time now. Cause it's just, we're, 
we're all half in the bag anyways, you know? Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, so yeah, with that, our TikTok's doing, doing, it's starting to, to do okay. It's, we're doing, I'm, we're doing okay for ourselves here a little bit, but I'm welcome, proud of, I'm proud welcome of you. Welcome up. Welcome, welcome up any TikTok followers that are listening to this episode. Thank you for listening. Uh, Spencer, you want to get into our songs of the day, uh, songs of the week rather and start off with that one instead. I th- yeah, let's let's do it. So my song of the week is from the collective Brockhampton. Love so they've been making some new stuff. They've been putting out a couple singles over the last couple weeks. Um, and Brockhampton, uh, you know, it's it's interesting because Brockhampton like was the group of young rap hip hop singers artists multi multi hyphenated people yeah, yeah that was kind of like a pure response to like odd future yeah right and yeah. like they all have very similar origins to like there is this weird through line of like obsession with Kanye West that both of these groups kind of had in in different ways um where like Tyler the creator obviously was always obsessed with Kanye West. Um, and then like Brockhampton started on a Kanye West, uh, messaging board, like, um, and they just also happened to be in like L- the LA area. Right. Right. Uh, so it's like, it's very interesting cause they're so different, right? Like, like Brockhampton is again, it's kind of a response to the overt anger of odd future, which was, you know, a response to the time. And they're almost on the opposite side of like, oftentimes feel wildly um positive right that's like a lot of their music is is a lot more bouncy jumpy and and, um while they still have different types of lyrical content um the vibes are generally pleasant and that's kind of why i picked this song so count on me is uh is my my song of the week because it is just vibes for me it's like two and a half minutes long it is just a short song it it hits good like very it's like it slaps i gotta admit i listened to it like five to ten times i was just vibing with it i wasn't really like trying to dissect it like super in depth trying to get into the lyrical content got uh, like usually i'm very much interested in that but like for whatever reason this song was just like man pandemic's starting to come to a close yep like uh like it's it's a nice day out um it'd be great to like be be in a car, just like, you know, like on Lakeshore drive, just like windows, you know, down, about to go yeah. to the lake, like do something fun. Like that's kind of that kind of song. And it's just a, something that I just was very excited to have. Um, and I thought like getting into the details, the production is really good. Um, I, I'm not always in love with the production of their songs. Um, they can be a little hit or miss. Like that's why I never fully started to be in love with Brockhampton. Like I like their songs, but they're not as vital to me as, as odd future was in terms of like things that aren't really the same, but have overlap. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what did you think? I, I just have a good time with the song. Honestly, I need to look at the lyrics to see I'm totally, I could be totally <laughs> wrong and it could be like a devastating song, but for whatever reason, just that's all I could get. I could just get the the good vibe from it. No, I think it's a it's a good song. Um, it it's like it's like a, one of the chill summer bops, like in the vein of um, maybe like feels like summer, the Childish Gambino that mm-hmm. like that one summer EP, like so in good. that sense where it's like it still has like a good rhythm to it, like you can still like bop to it, but it's not like a hype song or a hype track um for but but ve- still very um like summary in that uh, in the same vein so i thought it was uh, pretty good i think i think you're right it's it's probably one of their better produced like just like sound quality wise and audio engineering wise uh songs in a while um because they can be you're right i think they can be very uh hit or miss which is interesting because I've been following Brockhampton a little bit more closely, I think, than than you have. Mm-hmm. Um, and like they, 
after the whole like uh, when they kicked off what's his what's his face? Um, well, the the uh, previous Amir, leads, right? Yeah, yeah, Amir. That's right. After they kicked him out for like some of the sexual allegation stuff, they kind of went to like this weird experimental phase where they kind of like took a left turn from the overall collective that they were going with with those first mm. couple of albums with saturation like iridescence iridescence is very weird um ginger kind of like went back a little bit to their roots but not a ton um i actually really liked uh what is it 1999 uh shoot it was like a single that didn't actually go on um uh, either of those albums 1999 wildfire uh i yeah, thought that yeah, one yeah. Was, was a really good track but this one, this one is, is fun. Um, it feels like Kevin Abstract has kind of like taken hold a little bit of the creative process of the group, or at least the creative vision. Like you needed someone yeah. to helm that that crew, and I think he's doing a pretty good job of that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I really like uh, Kevin Abstract. Um, you know, when when it happened, like, and they started <clears throat> started going like uh, Kevin Abstract's like first. Um, solo, uh, MTV 1987. Um, I really like that whole album, and that was kind of like weirdly enough, like that's when I started listening to mm. him, and I didn't know that like Brock Hampton was connected to him for a second. Um, because yeah, I really like uh, the song. Uh, Degas Park from his first album. Gotcha. Uh, MTV 1987. And uh, he's definitely their Earl sweatshirt mixed with their with Tyler, the creator, which is yeah, interesting. Yeah. It's like right in between. Because he's really like good lyrically <clears throat> and he's also one of the more drivers of the production, it seems. So, yeah. Um, it's a good song. I, I highly recommend yeah. listening to it. If you, you know, if you're sipping a Beveragino to reference TikTok, uh, this would be a good Beveragino song while you're while you're out on a patio or a porch. Yeah, <clears throat> and this is their second single for the upcoming, I think, album. And the first one was with uh, Danny Brown, Buzzcut. Also, a very good track. Uh, yeah, yeah. Almost anything with Danny Brown on it, I'm going to love. So, I love Danny Brown so much. Um, I think that Danny Brown should be formally inducted into run the jewels <clears throat> whoa i think he should be the third jewel interesting runner, officially wow mm-hmm. all right i you know caught that lp killer mike they're definitely listening to this podcast bring on danny brown to the group i'm telling you it just makes so much sense it makes so much sense he's perfect to be part of it um everything he does with them is always awesome and I think they're like right around the same age too, right? That's yeah. Danny like Brown's work. 40. I mean, Danny Brown, you know, he didn't get big until he released the album called triple X, which is cause yep. he turned 30. So it's like, he's old. <laughs> <laughs> still killing it though. Still killing yeah. it. Oh yeah. yeah I so mean, atrocity exhibition. Yeah. Come on. That album's so good. We've got to have, we got to have more more Danny Brown talk here eventually. Yeah, um, I love Danny Brown. Yeah, but good track, good track. Uh, yeah. My song of the week is a little bit of an older song. Not old, old. It's a couple of years old. But this is by a band called Polyphia, which is actually a... Uh, and anyone that's a fan or a guitar player knows exactly the song that I'm going to bring up here. Um, but Polyphia is like one of those uh, kind of like prog rocky they have like a very classical like actual musicianship background like they started mm. off doing like classical covers and renditions of uh other songs on youtube they blew up through there kind of like viral so like they have this like viral youtube audience um <clears throat> and then with the last with this most recent album they, i think they're working on a new one now uh they they went a little bit more like modern and like introduce like hip hoppy produced elements through it. Like they mm-hmm. have a couple of mm-hmm. actual hip hop producers that did a couple of tracks on this album. Um, but it's still very like prog rock slash like 
progressive metal elements, but also very like classical and in like it's very um, super tight musicianship. Yeah. It is. It, they are extremely talented. Like every single one of these guys is a crazy musician. Mm-hmm. Um, but this song in particular, Goat, is I think one of one of the best written just like raw guitar songs ever in my mm-hmm. opinion just like how technically good it is and at first you kind of get like a little wave of like this is very produced or this is heavily produced but then you watch them perform it live and it is like beat for beat for beat it is insane uh I'm still trying to learn that opening guitar riff. It is hard as shit, <laughs> but it's so it's so so good. The drum line on that is is really tight. Yep. The bass is really tight. The way that they produced and mixed this record, like the entire album, I highly recommend. Um, and you're is, talking it, new levels, new devils, right? Yes, new levels, new devils. Um, just the layering, the layering is so so good. You can listen to any number of the songs multiple multiple times and you'll be picking up on like the little nuances and different things this is like i i don't have this on vinyl but i want it so bad i'm probably going to overpay for this for a copy of one Mm -hmm. um just because it's it's that good and yeah i love it yeah yeah i i agree it's um it's a ton of fun it uh yeah it slaps i mean hey they're on Equal Vision Records, which is one of my favorite record labels because that's where Coheed initially was on. Uh, and so, like, I think they, they definitely have, like, uh, I think Chan might be on Equal Vision. Um, like, they're at the right place um, for the music they make. And, like, yeah. uh, it's a very, very specific... <laughs> Uh, it's a specific group of bands yeah. that, that like, I just consistently, uh, like they have a signature and one of their signatures, Polyphia definitely hits of like, kind of this kind of stuff. It's, it, it it's a lot of, I, I really liked it. Um, when I was listening to it, I was like, oh, this is kind of like produced like super similarly in terms of like soundscape to tools lateralists or whatever yeah, their, yeah. their most recent album yep um because like the drums hit similarly the guitars at times sound similar but i was like but this actually takes those really really clean production values and still has energy because i think um in my opinion that tool album is devoid of energy um for like 90 percent of it there's a couple bright spots in that album for me but like it was definitely overhyped part, by the tool fans for sure yeah i mean yeah well tools I got it. I mean, <laughs> I got to say, uh, <laughs> tool fans have always overhyped tool in my opinion. <laughs> like I do not think they're, I don't know, but it's one of those I things like where, tool, but it is overhyped. Yeah. Uh, I'm not big into the vocalists of tool. Um, I think it's kind of a boring vocal. Um, though I do think the music around it has always been pretty solid. Um, and yeah, yeah. at times very interesting, but yeah, it's kind of like they kind of took, it felt very similarly produced to that where it's big. Right. And I love bigness when I'm listening to this type of music and like specificity. Right. There's a couple moments in the beginning of it where it's like, I was kind of trying to count the layers of production, which is something I I like to do sometimes with this type of stuff where I'm like, what can, how much, how many sounds are coming at me in this like section of a song. And I find that if you think about that, uh, and like close your eyes, it's a way, at least in my brain to like start envisioning the different layers. And I can like start hearing things that I couldn't hear if I'm just listening to it, like sit back. Right. And not really thinking about it. Yeah. And it was like nine different things going on at once. And like, as I'm doing that, I'm like, Oh, there's this acoustic guitar in the background that I hadn't heard. That's like really, really quiet but it just like added a lot. And then there was, there's like some buzzing. It was very cool. Like, um, yeah, this is an, yeah, this would be a vinyl. Like if, if maybe I get more into them, I'd probably pay 60 bucks for, for like a used, used vinyl of this album, just cause it, 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 it would be a great vinyl listen. Oh yeah. This, this one for sure would be good. Um, <clears throat> it's, it's all, it's, 
heavily or most of it is instrumental. So like it's a very instrumentalist band or rarely unless they're like featuring someone else. Um, there might be some lyrics to it. So yeah. uh, part of it was, OK, I'm going to pick a song that Spencer won't pick apart lyrically. This um, <laughs> I'm just okay. kidding. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm that harsh on, no, on no, music. No. Uh, I, I have been at times harsh on music. But I mean, we, we also have like this weird overlap and also not overlap. And I would say we both have bands that we will defend until we die that yes. people yes don't understand why for yeah like sure like in totally different ways we can easily get made fun of for our favorite bands um which i think is how we are united in our musical taste more than anything (laughs) uh yeah yeah um no yeah i mean you're right but this one this one i was very confident in like this one is like an actual good recommendation and if you haven't heard them um definitely check especially if if you're if you're a musician of any kind first of all like you don't even have to be guitarist if you're Mm -hmm. like just a straight up musician or an aspiring musician you you'll listen to this track or you listen to this album and be like damn okay i get it yeah i get it yeah and if you're not listening to like instrumental prog slash math rock slash like jazz core um get into it it's there's so much music of musicians who are so talented um, like Chon is a good example of like, uh, the lead guitarist, I forget her name, yeah. but she's doing weird ass shit with a guitar. And like Chon is of the genre, pretty popular, but it's, I don't know. It's like, and it's also for me, this type of stuff, great. I'm at work doing stuff music. Yeah. Um, because I do have a tendency to overthink about lyrics as I'm listening to music. So I love this kind of stuff is great if I need some energy while I'm doing shit without necessarily needing to get totally distracted by it, which is often my problem with music. No, it's also, it's also like a very good, like it's very palatable. I would say also, because Mm -hmm. I know I just targeted the musicians, like the hardcore musicians here, but it's also very palatable to like the average ear. Like you're not going to get scared away. Don't get scared away by like the prog rock or the math rock or, or that stuff labels because it's still it'll be like a nice introduction to what that type of music can be when it's done really well. Yes, it is not the most chaotic version of those things. No, no, no. Because um, math rock can get weird. It can get real weird. Oh yeah. Cool. It can but a, weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like uh it can approach not music a lot of the time, <laughs> which is some of my favorite versions of it. Um Yeah. So that's our songs of the week, and Danny, maybe I think next week I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hit us with a throwback. I ooh I don't know maybe what we'll call yeah, it throwback week. Maybe we'll do a throwback week um, next week because I do like that you went a little bit in the past. Um, so our next topic is E3. E3. Um, so I gotta admit, Danny. Yeah, I've never been the biggest E3 guy um, because I've just read the article after um because i'm i I don't know i'm not haven't like i get i'm more hyped on like movies for like Mm -hmm. waiting for releases and like being really excited about that than i am necessarily for video games i think it's because like for me it's like at this point i feel like a lot of the time it's like the big hype moment is like a game that's like three years away. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> and like, I don't have time to be that excited about something that's three years away. Like, like, am I excited as shit for the new God of war? Of course. Um, am I really thinking about it much at all? No. Like nope. until I see like a trailer, a gameplay trailer. Right. right. That's I'm, I'm, I don't need to get excited about it by you giving me like an, an alt logo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which was last year's, uh, what Sony state of play. Right. Right. Uh, no, I think no, that, that's good because I think you're hitting on a couple of things that I, that I want to talk about w- with E3 in particular, but E3 June 20th, it's all going to be digital again this year. I think it's June 12th. Oh, it is June 12th. Okay. Yeah. My bad. Uh, Day after my birthday. So Nintendo and Xbox are going to be present. PlayStation, Sony will not be present. Well, they haven't officially said that for this year's. They did say that officially for last year's. Right now, they're an omission and silence, but they're not. They're not coming. I I I doubt it. I mean, this would be the third year in a row. So, um, 
I doubt it as well. So I've changed my tune a little bit because there's a couple of things going on at the same time, right? Like there's a lot of news. Microsoft, even even pre-launch of the of the new consoles in November, mm-hmm. uh, Microsoft has been doing a much better job of staying front of mind with the marketing and, and like the advertising and, and just giving information about the things that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, it's been mostly fluff because there's still no games. And in fairness, on either console, it's not a ton of games. Still, I mean, you could throw it's still honestly, classic, you could yeah. throw the Switch in there. Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> like, Switch is also very slow. Games in like the last year. <laughs> like, yeah, so like ga- game launches major title game launches have been pretty slow even even on the indie side there hasn't been like a ton of like exciting stuff there's a lot Uh, of games that people are trying to get me to want to play on the indie side and like hades is one that i do want to play but hades you have to but um but yeah otherwise like that's been out that's been out for for a little bit though Um, sorry quick aside on indie games uh and vinyl um they released the uh hollow knight soundtrack on i vinyl. saw that and it's like expensive that. and i was like oh man i kind of want it yeah, it's really kinda, good it looks cool it's really good <laughs> the music oh, and, I, can't the, I, I, I love that hollow game Knight. hollow Knight is in my top five it's a great game um, anyway sorry <laughs> no yeah um so all that being said microsoft's still doing a little bit of a better job like staying in, in, in front of mind like there was this whole like people were losing their shit on twitter uh last week about mlb the show going on uh game pass which i will say major props to to microsoft that's like they're adding titles that's actually making game pass enticing like i'm considering i'm seriously considering it now um I, we've talked through to to extent about why I don't necessarily think that that's going to work just yet, but that's a different conversation. Um, so last year I was big on like, we don't need E3. E3 is irrelevant now. Mm-hmm. Um, this might have been before you joined the podcast. Um, my general opinion was like, we don't really need it anymore. Like Microsoft's doing their thing. Nintendo does Nintendo Direct. PlayStation has State of Play. Um, and they were doing that relatively successfully. Now that it's been about a year since I've held that opinion. I'm shifting my mindset a little bit because I think, especially Nintendo and Sony, kind of saturated the streams a little heavily. heavily. And even when they went through long periods of time between them, mm-hmm. they weren't that they weren't that impressive. They were pretty underwhelming. I mean, and the I last think, Nintendo Direct was like, oh, this could have been, not, this could have been a text yeah. message, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's how much content. This would have, was, this was an email. This was an email and a yeah, blog right. post. Um, and I think now looking back at it, I think E3 just presents that opportunity to like, okay, you know what? We're all kind of like in the same space at the same time. Mm. We kind of have, we're forced now to like bring our A game. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's what like releases and like marketing for video gaming has been missing for the last year and a half, maybe two years. So I think it might be a mistake if Sony doesn't attend. They probably won't, regardless. Um, and the opinion could change. E three comes around, and then like Xbox is like, uh, we need another year on Halo, and Nintendo goes like, yeah, the games that you want are still like two years away. Then at that point, it doesn't matter. But there, at least there's that pressure if, like, they're all in one spot. Yeah, yeah. And there's, like, more competition. It's a little more fun. Um, like, yeah, they all just yeah. kind of, last year, you know, they took their ball and they went home. Um, and Sony is still being that kid. Um, but I also think it's, like, part of it is because, like, what haven't all of them already given away? You know, right, like, right. Like, okay, is E3 the the moment we finally get the official Breath of the Wild two tease or whatever? Um, Metroid Prime four, Metroid baby, Prime I'm still 4, waiting on like, that. Like, but but when it comes to like Sony, they have already told us everything that's, that's going to happen in the next two years because you know we have Horizon Zero Dawn, Forbidden West, we have. Ragnarok, God of God of War, Ragnarok, Crash Bandicoot, like we Ratchet uh, and Clank will be Ratchet and Clank, like we kind of they told us everything. Returnal, like they there's not a ton of 
mystery right now, unless yeah. they have so much shit in their back pocket um, that they just haven't even teased. Like, but at this point, it's like, okay, what if I'm Sony? What am I gonna do? What I'm gonna do if I'm Sony? A tech demo of PSVR two. That's yeah. their biggest thing they yep. could have right now, yep. in my opinion. Yep. Um. So that that would be something that would need to happen, and it would to to create actual hype would have to be truly. Uh, farther than any other VR that's happening right now. Like, if it's just as good as some other VRs, I, who cares? Because then that means it'll be outdated by the time it's released, just like PSVR yeah. 1 was. Um, Like, yeah, Microsoft, I mean, how many more times that can they show us a Halo trailer? <laughs> Truly. Like, uh, what are they going to do? Like, tell us the Gears of War is coming back? And it's like... Eh. Does it need to? <laughs> like, I, you know what I mean? Like, there's, yeah, uh, there's, they, everyone's been trying to get new IPs for a little bit. And that's usually like the hype things are the new IPs. But I feel like we're in the cycle of the sequels of new I, of IPs versus new IPs actually hitting, um, which is always less of a hype moment, right? That's cra- true, but that's also crazy because, like, the sequel of new IPs is typically when you get the best version of that new IP or, or at least one of the better versions of that new IP. Like when I think about uncharted, I think about uncharted two specifically because that was a masterpiece. It was such a good game. Um, Halo two. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think though the part of the reason that those kind of the twos were the, the masterpiece version of them, Battlefield 2, um, is because game development wasn't as optimized. Like, because we get Horizon Zero Dawn, like, what, four years ago now? Yeah. Like, that game came out, and it was just, like, the exact thing I think that they wanted to release. You know what I mean? Like, it just was fully formed. Same with God of War. It's like, yeah, I'm excited for God of War 2, but it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, I don't even know what they could do to make me happier with how the game played, you know, like I just, it was so satisfying to play that game right off the bat. Last of us, like where I think it's just that game developers are getting so much better at the first version of the thing that for a second version, like last of us two is a great example, right? It's a great game. Yep. Like, uh, you know, everybody, uh, threw a ton of acclaim on it, but it was like last of us. The first one was like a, an, a true event in the cycle of that, those systems. Right. And last of us two comes out and you're like, yeah, I mean, they crushed the first one, this one much the same also like improved in every way. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we already knew that this was good, you know? And I think that's, what's going to happen with like horizon Forbidden West. I think that one, though, has been long enough where it might clip a little harder. But it was never as big when it first started. Like, right. it, you know? Well, Horizon in particular is, like, they're still, like, just, like, my, like not minor, but there are, there are like, little things that you, they can clean up on. Um, open world games, thanks to Breath of the Wild, has changed quite mm-hmm. a bit um which they'll have to implement I- into into this new one um and then like hopefully hopefully i mean that's the other part too like hopefully we can get like some sort of like mechanic tweak or adjustment like it doesn't have to be a brand new mechanic but just done in a way that's different enough that yeah. makes it feel interesting just like ghost of Shima did um like side quests and uh like world locations uniquely with the Mm. haiku stuff for example yeah yeah i think um and i would like horizon because horizon zero dawn i i played like i enjoyed it a lot but it was very like in my opinion like a simple predictable story and there wasn't a lot of twists and turns that i wasn't already thinking about um and i think that if they really took the store, like if they really, cause the tech of that game was already really good. Like in the, the gameplay is challenging and you can make it 
as elegant as you want to make it, which I thought was a really great part of that game. Um, there's a lot of variety you could approach things with, which is really cool, um, without really feeling shoehorned right. to do a specific thing. Um, did, but, did the, the tricky part about like that stuff with the world setting and like the mechanics mm-hmm. of, of Horizon is that it came out the same year that Breath of the Wild came out in. And that That's, one yeah. had just like just nailed it. It absolutely yeah. nailed it. So, yeah. And for me, I, I want a little bit more overt story than Breath of the Wild gives me as a, like it. You know, I still haven't really scratched the surface of that game, even though I've tried a bunch of times too. Um, but like, that's one thing like God of War, I thought it wasn't like the most surprising story, but I thought it was just, just surprising enough throughout to, yeah. and like the, the writing was really good. The, the characters were really well like thought out. And I think, um, I'd like to see more of that from Horizon Zero Dawn to really make me like super pumped about it. Yeah, the character writing for Horizon Zero Dawn was not good. Yeah, like Alloy, 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 right? Aloy, Aloy, Aloy. Aloy. Yeah. Um, decent character, like, but that's like female protagonist from 2016. Yeah. Where like you think yep. about, uh, man, I don't know any of these people's names. Last of Us woman, Last of Us Ellie. Yeah. Ellie. They're all kind of a similar name, aren't they? Ellie, <laughs> Ellie. Um, where it's like, wow, that's a much more complex character. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm who happens, you know, to be female. Um, very well acted. Very well acted, yeah. Like, the nuance of, of character, I think, is what I'm most excited for for, like, some of these sequel games um, because I'm already pretty happy with with how they all played. So, I don't know. Like, how do you display that, you know, in a E3 event, right? Because that's, like, a subtle thing I'm asking for <laughs> yeah, to get yeah. me hyped at this point. I mean, demos, demos is like the biggest way that you can potentially do that to some degree, um, which I feel like demos in general have made a little bit of a comeback. Like that's a, that's a thing again, yeah. Um, which is nice. I think that gives a, a good opportunity to like really quick, like crash test some stuff, um, but also give like enough of a teaser for like a story or a overall device of a video game to draw more people in. Like it's just nothing beats tangibly experiencing mm. it and that that's like the appeal of like big events during non non-covid times where you can like have a conversation with one of the developers for hollow Knight because everyone's focused on call of duty and yeah. halo and you can like oh there's like 10 people at this booth and the actual developers working on the game are right there answering questions yeah so. yeah i mean that yeah that i mean i like e3 in the sense of i've never been to it but I've I've never been that interested in watching it. Though I will say, one of my more favorite like experiences I've had I went to like Penny Arcade Expo, um, on on in Seattle, uh, one year, and I was just like, yeah, this is just a bunch of fucking nerds chilling out. Like this is cool <laughs> as hell. Saw yeah. MC Front yeah. a lot, you know, play play a show, and I was like, this is great. This is so dumb. This is a lot of fun. <laughs> I think I think the overall industry and like the crowds have adjusted a little bit now. Especially oh since yeah, that one was like but. definitely like still prime <laughs> video games were for nerds because this is like 2012 or something or no. I Has was like earlier than that. No, I was like in high school. Like I, yeah, we stayed in this hotel room with like uh, two adults that were just like let us be in their room. That was yeah. There was a lot of interesting parts of that whole situation. <laughs> it was also like 20 minutes from our house. I could have drove every day, um, but we decided to really adult it up. It was uh, quite interesting. Had a great time. Love it. I yep. love it. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. And, and, and if either of them, any of them have anything interesting to announce or like some curveballs, interesting stuff, because otherwise it's been it's been slow, but. I guess I don't mind it as much, especially if we're going to be uh, vac vac up, vaccied up. Yeah. I can't figure out the word. Veed up. Uh, Veed up. <laughs> we get our V cards. Um, yeah. We might be doing stuff outdoors during the summer, so I guess it's, it's better I, that way. I mean, I know we're all saying that, but also, True. like, have I become addicted to my couch and my house and my Maybe. TV? Probably, I bet. Like, it's, it's going to be so weird. It's going to be a very interesting summer. Yeah, yeah, it will be. Spencer, you want to talk about uh, 
I know you're you're you said it earlier, you movie guy, um, and you're a box, you're a, you're a box I'm a office, box office boy. I'm a box office boy. Um, yeah. So so it's been a very uh, boring year of the box office. Uh, this is used to be something that like truly clearly. Um, you know, I would look at like every day, I would like know all of the numbers, but it's, it has it, basically been reduced, you know, to, to, to rubble. Um, and that's, that's been, it's been boring. Um, and also I was in Australia for like two years, which like, I just, they get movies at different times. So like, I was never as like into hype because they, not everywhere gets movies at the same time. So sometimes I would get it before, sometimes after. So wasn't really watching the weekend domestic uh, daily like I usually do. But the really cool thing is um, like there is kind of a starting to be like a opening of movie theaters. Like I think like something like 80 or 90 percent of AMCs have reopened in in America. Um, I mean, am I going to a movie? No. Once I'm fully vaccinated, I will. But I'm waiting like being indoors is the best way to catch covid yeah um and i'm trying to get through this covid free at this point like gotta ride it out just a couple more weeks um but it was the highest grossing movie opening week opening weekend wise for over a year it's the highest grossing movie that has happened for over a year and it only made 48 million dollars uh in its in its first uh, in its first weekend. So, and that's including, uh, since it was a holiday weekend, that's Thursday through s- Thursday through Sunday, I believe, or, or maybe it was actually Wednesday through Sunday. Sorry. So like to put it in perspective, um, uh, like what well, I'm trying to remember before I look it up Avengers Endgame, I want to say, uh, I want to say it was 270 oh, fuck 270 million opening weekend. Um no, I was wrong. Uh damn it, that sucks. Uh <laughs> It was uh 357 million Ooh, opening weekend. Off. 257 was uh, Infinity War, so I was close. Uh, ah. I was thinking of the wrong movie, but uh I used to be able to like rattle this shit off. Um I I know, I remember, yeah. <laughs> but like so so you know, that was the event of the box office. And then this one's like, everybody's like super hyped on $48 million, which at this point would like in normal times would be like a major a decent Liam Neeson, old man action movie hitting 48 million. Be like, yeah, it did. All right. You know, it'll, it'll limp to like 96, uh, you know, 150 domestic or, you know, 150, 170 worldwide, decent hit. Right. And like, yeah. uh, so it's been interesting to kind of see like all of the box office nerds come back about like, it's happening. I think the really interesting thing about Godzilla vs Kong is it's hitting quote unquote box office box, uh, sorry, blockbuster numbers where it was a day and date release on HBO max. So this is a movie you can watch on HBO max included with your subscription. And it's kind of showing that there's some sort of appetite for people to go to the theaters. Um, even if you can get it streaming same day, it's, it's going to be a really, really interesting next like year, year and a half. Um, as we figure out, you know, what ecosystems like bought in and fully will buy into that idea of day and date release. Um, and what, you know, are there going to be you know, uh, companies that go right back to normal, you know, like, just releasing only in theaters. There's a theatrical window. Then you can get it on streaming. It's going to be really interesting. Like Disney is approaching it in a different way where some of their movies, they're releasing day and date for free. Some of their movies are premiere access um, for like a specific window. Um, So it's like, it's, it's going to be really interesting because it's just like the rules are broken into like what a movie release is supposed to be. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to get back into a theater. Like I'm truly, it's one of my favorite things to do. I was like one movie a week or every other week kind of person. I would always see like everything. 
um, that was that was out. Uh, you know, I would see all the Oscar movies in theaters. I would see all of the uh, blockbusters in theaters. Like, um, I would even go to bad movies in theaters. Like, I just love going to the movie theaters. Yeah, yeah. So I'm really excited to get back in there. But I know that, yeah, it's going to be a different world. Like, I think my first one I want, I'm going to see Black Widow in theaters. I think that's far enough after I get my vaccine. Maybe there's a possibility I can go to it uh, with like only wearing a mask when I'm not eating, which I'm going to eat the popcorn the whole damn time. <laughs> uh, can't fucking wait for that popcorn. <laughs> Nothing hits better than movie theater movie, popcorn movie while theater watching popcorn a blockbuster that oh, you're excited man. about. Come it's on. one of the most divine moments of life. So I'm very excited. Um, and that's been my movie moment. Danny, what are your thoughts about it? I've just really no, got no. hyped on talking about movies. No, no. I mean, like I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a movie uh, junkie to the degree that you are, um, but Lily and I are regulars. Well, we were regulars um, at movie theaters. Mm-hmm. Maybe at a similar clip, uh, like at least at least a couple of times a month. So every other week, we were going like, "Oh, this one's supposed to be good." I remember watching um, like The Shape of Water in theaters was mm-hmm. we we thought was was really good, and. I I I do feel like and what your the, favorite part market. of that movie, The Shape of Water, it's the creature fucking, right? Yeah, the fish. <laughs> you were sex. really into the fish fish sex. Yeah, that's what I thought. I remember you telling me about, and like that's the only thing about the movie you told me about. <laughs> um, and you just kept bringing it up for like weeks. Untrue, untrue. Don't cancel <laughs> me. Um, <laughs> no, but but yeah, we we like enjoy enjoy going to the movies. Obviously, like all the Marvel films mm. were for sure in the theater and oh, I would completely Endgame, geek Endgame out. Endgame in theaters was one of my favorite <sighs> moments of theaters. So normally I hate when, when there's like clapping and like side commentary or like mm-hmm. whatever random stuff spewed at the, at the screen during movies. Mm. Endgame in particular on opening night, I knew it was going to be lit yep. and I loved every, every moment every, of it. Dude, I can't really talk about moments of Endgame because I get too emotional about how happy I was and it's so lame. Um, again, I will, uh, this is like the fourth time in like the last couple of weeks, like Endgame has been brought up and I've almost started crying. <laughs> I really miss going just, to the movies. But but yeah, those are experiences that you can't get at home. Even even like, for example, we watched um, uh, a couple of years ago for the premiere of the final season of the Game of Thrones. I had like I had people over. Right. We we watched it. I made a whole event out of it, um, and that was cool. It's not the same. It's not the same as going to the theater, it's not. even by yourself with strangers and and something that's hyped up like that. Like it's it's different. So I do think movies come back. I do think. Yeah. I do think that there's enough hunger there. Um, so go buy your AMC stocks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, it wasn't, even when movies were hyped up, it wasn't like doing super no, great, doing, so don't expect much. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, there's definitely going to be a pop of those types of things. Uh, it will be. I, I'm particularly looking forward to, um, uh, what was it? 007. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm excited for that. The Immortals, um, Black Widow. Like, there's some good... Like, there's going to be some good, like, go to the movie theater movies coming out. Um, man, and then I'm also just like, uh, some of the Oscar hopefuls this year, like, yeah. are just visually stunning. Like, um, uh, Nomadland, like, truly some of the best cinematography I'd seen in the last couple years. Like, uh, it just looked truly incredible on my TV, but like, I was just like, man, this would be in like a not very packed movie theater of like folks going to see like an Oscar hopeful would have been yeah. a very fun thing. Cause it was just like a beautiful, beautiful movie. Yeah. Um, one of the, one of the last films I saw in theaters, um, was parasite. Oh man. And, lucky oh, man. It was so good. Yeah. Um, but like, see like those films in particular, I'm like, th- th- we do seek those out. Like I, yeah. I'm not like keeping track of like the box office numbers and everything, but like I do seek out like good film. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, you have good taste in, yeah, good taste in movies. Um, I'm really excited because since there's so many movies that like are kind of going to be skipping the theatrical window a lot, but you Mm -hmm. need to fill, you know, puts butts in seats. I bet there's going to be a ton of like older movies or movies that are getting re-released. Like I'm looking for like, I want to go see heat in theaters. Like give me, give me, give me, uh, 
right before the pandemic hit in Australia, I I had I was going to go see uh, the Matrix 4K remaster. Oh, um, yeah. That was, would be cool. I would watch that. Like that's going to they're going to have to fill theaters cuz there's not enough film right now like over this whole year there's not going to be eno- enough movies to to fully open up every theater. So, I'm excited like for like those pass, yeah. those types of like uh hey, come see this for a couple nights like it's just some cool movies that we have no business seeing in theaters because it's they're too old. Like I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm hyped about that. No, I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. Well, Danny, I think we got through our topics, didn't we? We did. We did. Keep it nice and tight this week. Easy um, peasy. Beautiful. Easy peasy. Beautiful. Cover boys. Uh, yeah, I think we hit a couple. I forgot to bring this up a couple of weeks ago. We hit a year of the DMGT podcast. So. Happy Thank birthday. You. Thank you for those that have been listening for a year. Appreciate you. Know, you. I, was, uh, I was on a work call, Danny, today, and uh, someone was wearing one of our hats. Oh, sick. Just casually, you know? Hell so, yeah. That was pretty cool. Get um, a hat. Yeah, get a hat. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Five stars. Subscribe. Follow me on TikTok. Turn notifications on. Turn. That's what <laughs> people say on YouTube. Smash that bell icon. <laughs> Okay, bye. Bye.